1: When did the image of success become so shallow and cookie cutter? It's carefree entrepreneurship, sprawling homes and curated aesthetics all wrapped up in a simplified social media post rife with the latest buzzwords explaining how you're just one manifestation away from the life of your dreams. But building thriving businesses and positioning yourself as a leader in any industry has little to do with hitting these external validations and everything to do with cutting through the crap and getting to work. My name is James Patrick, and I'm an internationally published photographer, marketing strategist, and your host in this discussion. I've spent decades studying the mechanics of success so I could reverse engineer the process. Together, let's specifically define what success means to you and determine the steps to get you there with real strategies, exclusive interviews and game-changing ideas you can implement into your life and business. It's time to go beyond the facade, beyond the posture, and beyond the image to create real change personally and professionally. This is the Beyond the Image podcast. We are just days post the final Fitposium, the final fit. We played the final countdown by Europe when I made the announcement that I was going to be the final Fitposium. That's how we sent that one off. But we had, get this, 245 media bookings cast at Fitposium. That is double the record we set last year, which was like 120. Pugh what losers we were last year, only given away 120 features, 245 features, a lot of amazing opportunities for attendees. But there were so many things that we noticed as both the hosts of this event, as well as casting partners in this event on things that helped applications stand out, things that made it impossible for us not to select someone to work with, as well as things that we saw that made it very difficult to select someone, even if we may have wanted to select them. So this is actually going to be a roundtable discussion, and I'm going to introduce all of my amazing guests. And I'll start just from my my Zoom clockwise. I have Christina Patrick, who is... Uh, the creative director of Icon Fit magazine, as well as Ricochet magazine. Christina, how are you doing today?
2: I'm doing just fine, just fine.
1: I have Lori Young, who is our Lori. What is the title that we gave you? Remind
2: you us. You gave me a marketing specialist.
1: That sounds awesome. Marketing <laughs> specialist, Lori Young. And also for anyone that. Was at the conference. Lori was your, your liaison for everything to make your experience amazing. We have uh we have Chelsea Clark, who is our director of education. Hello, Chelsea.
3: Hi, James.
1: Hi, Chelsea. <laughs> and last but not least, we have Cassie Douglas, who is our editor-in-chief of both Icon Fit magazine as well as Icon Refined and previous guest of the show.
3: Yes. Hello. Glad to be a part.
1: So, why don't we just start with this? Because to set the stage, like we had something like close to fifty different media partners that that teamed up with us at Viposium uh, that were selecting for a variety of features. Uh, we even had some media partners jump in last minute. Uh, we even had one of our media partners jump in and we gave away paid opportunities, which was really cool to see. Um, But we were casting for Beyond the Image podcast. We were casting for our digital network icon refined for features within Icon Fit magazine for features within Ricochet magazine. Is that all of them? Yeah, I think that's all of them. Okay. So we were casting for a lot of different things, basically. Um, and we'll, we'll start with, uh, this, um, and I'll and I'll kind of direct this to both uh, Cassie and Chelsea when it came from looking for contributors uh, because I had each of you look through content in regards to uh, contributors people who can write content for whether it's our digital network or publications what were the things that as 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 editors as as your background experience in the in the journalism field what stood out to you as as big wins and that were some things that you saw that maybe left you with some questions.
4: Yeah, um, so Chelsea, I'll go first. Um, I, I actually took quite a few notes um, regarding, you know, the little details that I noticed in a lot of the applicants. Um, and one thing that I noted a lot was that there were a ton of submissions that were almost like exactly the same um which is strange because I don't think it was like a situation where people were like copying you know homework it wasn't like oh let me see you know what you wrote um I think that these are just genuinely like topics that are published often so for an example um you know like fit over 50 um that seems to be one of the leading things that we actually got submitted as far as like content suggestions went um and I don't know, obviously I'm not over 50. So this isn't something that like I personally would look for in a magazine, but I guess, um, it is a hot topic probably in the industry. So a lot of people were kind of taking that same theme, um, and pitching that. And I mean, that's just one of many themes that kind of ended up being a reoccurring pitch. Um, and so, I guess I was a little bit surprised by the lack of uniqueness um, and a lot of pitches. And also to go along with that, a lot of people just didn't really do themselves justice um, with like talking themselves up and like giving away like their unique qualifications. Um, Like there's a million people out there who are fitness trainers. Um, But you know, there's not a million people out there who, you know, went to the same schools that they went to, or, you know, were trained by this celebrity, you know, trainer. Um, so I think a lot of people just sort of like missed the mark, um, on just pitching themselves, uh, and really coming up with unique angles. So that was kind of what I, I saw a lot of, um, and obviously what I, I liked best were the things that were unique um, and the people who were unique and, and were good at, you know, kind of characterizing themselves and their
1: unique qualifications. What would you add to that, Chelsea?
3: Um, yeah, I'll kind of go on the other side, actually. Um just for things that stood out like I so I think what I look for in pitches um, is something that's universal to everybody that everybody can really resonate with and then try to find those different takes um so those unique angles um, even though we're all sort of coming from the same spot um so I noticed um, like when I was looking at different profile ideas um, that was sort of like an underlying theme like all the obstacles that, people had overcome different ways that they had faced adversity and then finding those unique uh, hooks that could speak to that. So um, I thought there were quite a few that did a pretty good job uh, doing that. The other thing I noticed that I really liked too um, was that I noticed there was a lot of people starting to talk about how to create more of like an authentic human connection. And I think that is really important right now, sort of as we're coming out of pandemic times and, um, you know, different challenges within business that seems to be a trend that's emerging is uh, sort of like ways to, to be authentic. So um, I found quite a few submissions that touched on that. And um, I was really impressed with that.
1: You know, it's interesting uh, touching on both of both of your points. I think when I was going through my first pass of everything um, there were a few who uh, to to credit did really well at positioning themselves in, uniquely, and those were ones that was easy to you know kind of put in a subcategory and say, okay, this is a short list for really anything, and we can slot them anywhere. And it's very easy to see where that you know you know if we put them in Beyond the Image, this is what they could talk about. If we had them in Icon Fit, this is the exact section of the magazine we would put them in. Um, but I would say, like for like eighty percent, I did see them falling into certain clusters. Uh, like there was the, you know, the ageless cluster, which is, you know, I'm fit over forty, or I'm fit over fifty, or I'm fit over sixty, um, which I think was unique the first time someone did it, you know, ten years ago now i've seen it a lot so if that is the sole thing that is a, an identifier for you and there's nothing else with that it's hard to really it's hard to really pull you out of everyone doing the same thing now if that's one element of what you have and then there's a bunch of other things that that you're offering or you're you're saying as part of your story well now all of a sudden there's there's more i can graft onto um we also like the the fit parent was one we saw a lot of as well you know um i think we had a fit mom of 4 a fit mom of 5 a fit mom of 6 and a fit mom of 7 um which at that point if 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 you're under 7 it once again it becomes different to stand out um but i'll 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 throw this to you Lori, cuz you were there in person um at the beginning you know to to what i was just saying like a lot of people had very similar angles but as they were going through the conference and especially towards the end of the conference it was almost like everyone that was in that room with us in person we knew every every unique differentiator everything that was personal everything that was special and and signature to just them i was curious what your observations were on that
2: yes so at the end of the conference um when hattie was speaking to everyone she really made every single person feel seen and heard and she didn't stop until she had their story like the real story and once one person told then the other felt comfortable sharing and there were tears in there I mean this was emotional we got deep and those are the stories that set people apart from
1: a which hey, good, then the conference worked. So that's, yeah,
2: absolutely.
1: That's definitely a point, point in our favor that you know everyone was able to develop a kind of a unique angle towards the end of the conference. And then we encouraged all the in-person attendees to repitch themselves uh, for for our features. And we ended up um, deciding to give every single person that was attending in person an opportunity to be featured uh, with, with one of our media outlets. Um, from a writer's perspective because you know as as people were doing their submissions they got to choose what they were including in their submissions whether it was uh writing samples or just straight photos um there was one section and i actually want to hit on this first there was one section that a lot of people skipped in fact i i think out of the whole submission there were two parts that got skipped a lot number one was the video about yourself which i think was a massively missed opportunity when people didn't do that because so much can get lost in 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 a in a word document or or typing out your bio but when you introduce yourself and there's there's that video feature of you it it shifts a perception so much so that was skipped a lot but i think the thing that was skipped maybe more so and I think to a greater detriment, because I think sometimes casting partners can overlook the video. It's like, all right, no big deal. But was that section on what are you willing to contribute? And that got skipped a lot. And I'm curious from, from both uh, Chelsea and Cassie, was it hard for you to figure out where to put someone or place someone if they're completely omitting what they're willing to contribute and or offer to a publication?
2: Uh, well,
4: yeah, um, obviously it's hard to know what people can contribute if they don't, you know, even offer us a little glimpse into what their expertise is on. Um, and it also just kind of showed their lack of interest, um, in contributing, which is another turnoff. It's like, you know, if you're writing a resume to a company and you totally miss, you know, the, the cover um, part, they're probably gonna skip over you um, because it just, again, it shows like a lack of interest. And I don't think that that's just, you know, I, to me, there's other people that do put in the effort and those are gonna be the ones that I'm gonna, you know, go for first.
3: Yeah, um, I would agree with that, and uh, I I would say like we're combing through so many submissions, Um, so having that like ease of access when it's like someone's like this is what I want to do, this is what I'm here for, it just makes our lives so much easier. Um, but I mean, at the end of the day, like for me, um, like as an editor, if there is someone who can write and that is what they want to do, like even just as I'm reading through somebody's bio, I can tell, okay, this person can put together a sentence. They might be a good candidate to be able to contribute some writing. Um, but I mean, as easy as you can make our lives, that's what we're looking for. So whatever. And I think also, like, when we're looking at something like a podcast, like, if you're interested to speak on a podcast, um, you know, like, we're reading through these submissions. So we can't really tell, you know, how you are one-on-one, having a conversation, that sort of thing. So um, just keeping, you know, as much information um, as quickly and easily accessible to the people that you're pitching is always a good way to go um something else that I did want to touch on as well too um just for like differentiators when you are pitching um just like we were saying with like uh you know um like fit over 50 or fit moms like that sort of um angle um to me like I think that is still very interesting and I think it's really relevant um it's quite topical still in fitness um but to that end um you know, like that story that you sort of pitch yourself as that one liner really needs to make sure that that is a differentiator because we are getting so many of that same um angle like that one line but it is that continuation of it so just as you were saying like putting together that video submission that kind of thing even just having that opportunity to speak a little bit deeper into what your story is might give you the upper hand in being able to add on to your one liner so that you can pitch it in a way that's more unique instead of just that sort of blanket um angle
1: Yeah, Chelsea, I, I, sorry, I was just
3: gonna (laughs) interrupt you and say
4: that, uh, speaking on that, I actually wrote down like a couple suggestions, like for that fit over 50, like, because I agree with you that there's definitely still a topic there that's worth writing about. It's just a matter of finding and almost like putting it into a little bit of a more niche angle. Um, so I actually, you know, just for listeners who maybe have pitched this or, thinking about pitching something similar uh two things that i thought were interesting with that topic is like maybe fitness over 50 that includes interviews from you know these top characters and i mean by just going and getting a couple of interviews and quotes done like that alone makes it a lot more interesting um than just writing it from your perspective or even adding a little bit more to it again, to make it a little bit more niche. So instead of just saying, you know, fit over 50, um, you could say like what it's like to be fit over 50 and have a heart condition, you know, like just something like that, just make it stand out a little bit more
3: from the norm. That's all. Yeah. And I think, sorry, just one more thing to build on. that. (laughs) I think, You know, even if you don't have something like you're, you don't have a heart condition that you can, you know, speak on and add that to your, your angle, what you can always add to it is like something unique that you're doing in your life to, to overcome those obstacles or to, you know, make your life a little bit easier that maybe somebody else could, um, could learn from, like, what's your approach now? What are you doing now to, to inspire kids to be active, like inspire the next generation or to, you know make weekdays easier for your kids when they're in school like how can you extrapolate that a little bit so that it can help other people versus just like whatever your go-to story is like there has to be that that extra little thing that is like a twist I always call
4: it a twist I always put a twist on it you know like fit after 50 if you hate eating healthy like even that is something that could work
3: exactly yeah
1: I think one of the most challenging things for a submitter is the fact that there are so many different media outlets that I believe from so many different industries. I mean, we had health and wellness publications. We had business publications. We had personal development publications. We had holistic publications. We had sustainability publications. We had personal development podcasts and we had marketing strategy podcasts. And we, we had podcasts for parents. Like, so I think what, ended up happening is a lot of people watered down their approach to hope to target as many as possible, as opposed to getting hyper specific and sharpshooting into the ones that they are best suited for. And the ones that kept their focus were the ones who I think stood out. Um, Chelsea, you and I, when, when we were kind of like uh, talking about this off air, you used the, t- the term move and ready like creating something that's moving ready. And I think that right there uh, is is such a great way to edify what I think we were looking for. And what we ended up doing with the in-person attendees was we had them rewrite their pitches and resend it to us in the middle of the conference. And it went from what I thought was kind of generic or, or, Pitches that lack some specificity to pitches that honed in and created something really unique and different. Um, and then I'll just I'll just read a few of them that jumped out to me. How losing sight of your health can leave you blind. That right there was was such a powerful one. Um, the best tasting five minute meals you've ever had. Five myths about a plant-based diet that you need to know. What is your six-pack actually hiding? Why you need to do more for your core. What is it like to be a sexy grandma at 40 years old? Like all of a sudden, and there's that there's that twist for you, Cassie. All of a sudden we're getting stuff that all these are moving ready. Not only are these really good ideas, but we can, I can see, I was like, oh my God, I want this for Icon Refined and for Icon Fit. And I want to interview them on my podcast. I want them everywhere.
3: Yeah, I think let's not sugarcoat it. Like it is a lot of extra work to tailor your pitches to different media outlets. Like you have to do that in order for them to notice you. And like, we're not going to pick through things and, you know, go back to a hundred times, trying to pull something good out of somebody that we don't even know. Right. Like you have to send us something that we can publish right away. Um, or at least like build on that idea right away. Um, so, and I think the other thing that strikes me too, from, from those hooks is that like, I know exactly what I'm getting from that. Like, it's not just like, you know something that's generic and it's it's a it's a blanket idea like i know that when i i read this article i know exactly what i'm going to get out of it and i think that's a really important thing to hit do
1: you have anything to add cassie
3: no i just i have to agree that the more specific
4: that the topic is and the less generalization that you know is is with it um, makes all of the difference uh for someone who's picking out you know pitches and and you know those sort of things um so I just kind of have to agree with everything that Chelsea said and what you said that you know if you put the time in and I know it does take a little bit more time but even just like the smallest little twist like the being a sexy grandma over 40 like that makes it so much more fun than just saying how to be fit over forty, right, so yeah, it takes a little bit more time, but so worth it
1: so let's we're gonna shift gears from the 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 brand to the visual components. Um, Christina, as you were going through, like you're looking for potential visual features for ricochet first and foremost, but then also potential visual features for uh, icon fit when it came to people uploading imagery, what were some of the things that you were looking for that stood out to you as, okay, this is the right thing. This is what I want to be seeing more of.
5: Well, obviously looks (laughs) like being able to have a good camera presence Um, and like not just in beauty, but how they hold themselves, being able to pose nice Um, and a little bit of like, as as mentioned before, like the effort that they were putting into the application themselves, like there were some that they didn't even put pictures in their application, even though they said they wanted to model. And like actually being able to see what you can do is very important.
1: Yeah, there was... I know at least one coming to mind who cause Christina did all the extra work and like went to everyone's Instagram page and went to everyone's website <laughs> and wanted to give everyone the benefit of the doubt. She's like, well, what about this person? They have such, such great work on their website. I'm like, yeah, it would have been great to see it in their submission. <laughs> like I, I, yeah. I, there were people who ended up being precluded from, from a feature just because I'm like, I can't, Like I almost can't reward certain efforts or or lack thereof. I
5: I think you phrased it. If they're not going to put in the work for us, why would we put in the work for them? And that's, that's very important. Like being able to show that they're going to show up Mm -hmm. and do the work. And then we're happy to like promote them and, and give them features
1: You know, this came up a lot at the conference, which is the relationship between the media outlet and the person being featured. Um, And we heard this from publishers. We heard this from editors. We heard this from creative directors. We heard this from podcast hosts about how common it is that they are dismayed when they provide someone an opportunity. We know what media can do for individuals. We understand that. And when that individual never reciprocates the the feature, so they never share it, they never promote it, they never put it out there. And sometimes media outlets select people because of someone's reach or someone's mm-hmm. audience. Um, Chelsea, I mean, you've worked in publishing for a while. What has been your experience in, not specifically like to throw shade or throw anyone under the bus, but what do you see that, that, gives you trust that someone is going to honor a a mutually beneficial relationship versus you can just kind of tell it's all for them and not not benefiting the publication at all?
3: I think that's a tricky one. Um, Like I will say, we certainly do notice um, if it's like a one and done situation, if someone is getting published and then um, we never see their uh, their work circulate. Um, but I will say for me, um, like it, for me personally, um, it does feel a little inauthentic to select somebody simply because they have a large reach or because we know that they're going to share widely. Um, so for me personally, I would rather take that authenticity. Um, and I will say there is probably like a bit of a, different mindset when you're selecting someone who maybe does have a larger reach versus someone who's maybe just starting out. Um, So I think there's benefits to both, both routes. Um, But yeah, it is definitely something that um, does contribute to the relationship between media outlets and, uh, and like whether or not you're easy to work with, if you're going to get booked again, that kind of thing. So like, uh, investing in that relationship, I guess
1: you bring up such an important point, which is one of the beliefs that attendees have is that if they lack a network or an audience that they cannot qualify for top media features, and that fear may hold someone back from submitting at all or from thinking that they're worthy. Of a submission, and I, I guess what I want is to be a little more specific about what, at least what I look for when it comes to to trying to select someone for a larger feature. Um, does having someone with a baked-in audience help? Yes, but not always. So it's kind of yes with an asterisk. So for example, we feature someone with this mega audience, but what if that audience has zero interest in anything this person does media related? Well, that audience now means nothing to us, even if the person shares it. Um, You know, I think about it like... um, when we, when we used to book lots of speakers for the conference, you know, we had made the mistake so often of booking people with these major followings, but just because they have this major following does not mean that any of those followers want to see what this person has to say on stage about a business conference. They might follow them for workout tips and here we're putting them up on stage at a business conference. So it's what could that audience do for the outlet? Um, And I would say even for the top feature that we ended up casting, which was the cover feature for Icon Fit, we did not pick someone with a big audience. When I say big, I'll use big in the sense of even like a micro influencer north of 10,000, like the person we chose was under 10,000. And the reason that, at least from my perspective, that we chose the person, uh, we ended up casting Dr. Jordan Wiggins for the cover of Icon Fit was, number one, there are four pillars of Icon Fit magazine. The first is health. Well, she's she's a sexual health doctor, okay? Check. Number 2, it's mindset. Well, she teaches a lot on mindset. Number 3 is relationships. Well, guess what? She coaches relationships as well. And uh, number 4 is business. She has a thriving business. So, she ticked all those boxes in regards to the four pillars we look for. But most importantly, she's been contributing to the publication since it launched, and that right there was was such a clear sign of oh, this is the person willing to work and honor a relationship. Yeah, absolutely. They they tick all the boxes. They've honored the relationship. It's hard not to see that person getting getting an opportunity like that. And uh, Cassie, you were part of a lot of these conversations. Uh, you know, I'd love for you to just add more more of your thoughts on that.
4: Yeah, um, so again, I have to agree with Chelsea, where it's like, you know, you don't want to just feature somebody because you think that you're going to get something back, um, because it doesn't usually work out that way. And even if it did, as you had mentioned, you know, their audience might not really care. Um But going back to what you were saying, like a lot of publications are turned off by, you know, these people not republishing their work. Uh, The only thing I really have to say about that is that that should be something that is discussed with the, you know, the the person who's being interviewed um, prior to any publication. Um, And because, I mean, I've definitely been in that situation before and the only thing that has ever mitigated that feeling of like oh they didn't share their work well I probably didn't say to them in the beginning that like hey if we do this feature on you like we assume that you're going to share it with your audience you know it's just that's sort of a lack of communication between the publications and you know whoever they're featuring um and so if there's any publications listening I would really really encourage them to mitigate any hard feelings um, due to lack of communication, because that's, that's something that really should be discussed uh, first and foremost before ever publishing anybody, if that's what they're looking for. Right. Um, But yeah, those are just the the few thoughts that I had regarding what you've said.
1: Another thing that kind of occurred to me is when, when, like particularly working with people who might have a built-in audience, Let's and I'll use podcasts for an example. I book someone to speak on a podcast. Let's say I book a best-selling author to speak on a podcast and they're dropping a new book and I'm like, oh, this is going to be great because I can market their audience. Well, chances are they've given the same talk a lot and their audience has heard it a lot. So unless the conversation is unique and different it's going to be hard to draw in that 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 audience so i think you know kind of what we're circling around is you don't need a massive audience you still need to leave with something valuable and here's the thing there are people with major 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 audiences who got passed up or did not land features because there wasn't enough value or content or substance for us to say oh this is what we can use that person for like there was someone no names but uh who who legitimately is a seven figure earner in this industry uh who has unreal media potential but just kind of checked like the bare minimum when it came to the submissions and didn't end up getting anything, despite the fact that they have a, they actually have a name and a massive built-in audience. So right there, it just shows you that you have people who have never done anything before who are booking major campaigns. And they have people who've done lots and lots and lots of stuff who maybe didn't land anything because they didn't focus on the value they were trying to, trying to offer the media outlets in their pitches. Um, Lori, you've been on both sides of this. Uh, you know, for a couple of years you attended and you applied, you were cast for features this time you're on the other side of it. You're, you're working for the conference. What did you notice kind of the difference between being the person applying for castings into being the person who's watching people apply for castings and helping review castings? Well, the
2: first year I was all in my head about it. And I felt like the people that came to me for advice were in their heads as well about it. And like, am I good enough? Can I do this? He wants me to do a video. He wants me to write like all these questions. And I'm like, check the boxes, get yourself out there as much as possible and give yourself the opportunity because I felt the same way. And I felt like when I was doing it, I was scared to do that video and I was scared to check the box as a writer because that's not my, like, that's not what I went to college for or anything like that. I enjoy it. Um, But even if I didn't, honestly, like, I would tell people just check the box and figure it out because you're going to have an editor helping out and you just have to start somewhere and they're on your side and they want it to be a good submission too. So it was really interesting to be on both sides. Like I could definitely feel their like anxiety about it or like their like nervousness around this. Um, I felt for them and I kept encouraging them and pushing them to at least submit because I had people who were in my corner cheering me on and sometimes it was just that that helped you to push forward and show up. And so I'm proud of everyone that showed up and, and did a submission. And if they did that, then in my eyes, they're a winner already.
1: Always the positive. (laughs) So one thing that came up was, and this came up in person was there was a group of in-person attendees. So I have to assume this existed online as well, uh, who we're not, you know, and there's nothing wrong with this, but they were not interested in being a writer. Nothing wrong with that. They weren't interested in being a contributor. Once again, there's nothing wrong with that. They just wanted to model for brands, and they wanted to leverage the power of media to grow their clout and and validation when it came to securing brand deals. And to say, look, all these media outlets have published me and have vouched for me so I can secure this deal and maybe charge more for this deal. There's nothing wrong with that goal. In fact, that's a great goal for a lot for a lot to have. But what they were struggling with is, well, how do I stand out if I'm just a model? And one of the things that was discussed is that they have to view themselves as way more than just a model. They have to have some story or some hook or some angle or something unique about their brand position that separates them from, just their images, because I don't know if there was anyone, I can't think of anyone that was selected just because they had great photos. Like, yeah, you have to have good photos if we're wanting to use you for a photo feature, but we need something else as well. Um, So I'm curious, you know, between uh, Chelsea, Cassie and Christina, what were you looking for when someone was just like, I just want a model? What else were you looking for that helped them stand out a little bit more in how they were marketing themselves?
2: I'll go first. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
3: So I think for me, um, like if you would rather just model and you don't want to be a writer, then I think you should follow that path. Um, I don't think everybody needs to be everything. And I think if you do know what path you want to take, then go hard on it. Um, so if that's, you know, what someone was most interested in, then, um, you know, that I'm going to put more weight into the photos that they have submitted versus anything else. Um, but I will say in that realm, like, because that was what had been selected. And so that's what I'm going to be basing my decision off of. Then the photos that you submit had better be representative of you um and should be in line with the publications that you're pitching to um like I noticed for uh like some fitness poses um you know like not really highlighting what their attributes were like you know some of their poses had like arms crossed so like we couldn't really see um a full body that sort of thing so I think it's really important to um like maybe you have favorite um photos that you've gotten from your photographer and like you personally love it but I think it's important when you're pitching to a publication and specifically if you want to model that you're thinking about what the brand represents um what its editors are going to want to see and then that you're delivering
1: on that so the difference between a good photo and a photo that works
2: Mm -hmm. yes
4: exactly yeah Mm -hmm. so I am gonna take a little bit of a different perspective here. And I do agree with Chelsea, Um, but I'm also gonna say, because I also, you know, do modeling stuff as well. And I know how competitive of an industry it is. Um, It's, you know, with stock sites existing, you know, like Unsplash and, and Pixabay and all those things, and people can just go on there and search for a fitness model in two seconds and be able to pick from hundreds like we're talking probably even thousands of free images to put into their publication i'm sorry but unless you have something that is super outstanding they're probably not going to spend the time booking you especially not paying you um for modeling um unless again it's it's a very unique situation where you get to work with a brand and they pay you for that sort of thing. Um, So if they want to model and they don't want to contribute anything that has to do with like writing stuff or researching, I understand that, but at least include a little bit of like a backstory um, about yourself so that even, you know, people like an editor can pick out someone for a, a media feature, you know, that can certainly help too. So like, You're not just someone who wants to model, but you also have a good story. Um, I think that's the best way to approach that. And that's, you know, something that I personally have used. Um, Again, like I'm not by any means like a Victoria's Secret model or anything, but yeah, uh, in an industry, again, where it's very saturated, literally um, you can get free photos anywhere, Uh, it's, you, you really have to do something to stand out. And I'm sorry, if you're not going to put in the effort to write your own stuff, then you at least have to come up with a good story.
1: Well, I think brands, like when they're looking for like deals, like when they want to partner with someone and, and, you know, let's just say like they want to hire someone as, as a online ambassador or, you know, a, a influencer for, for their product or service, they're hiring them, not just because of a look, but because of the brand that goes with the look and part of your story, part of your, your presence, part of your, your USP is what creates that brand and what helps you stand out in the marketplace. So I, this is not just pitching the magazines. This is how to stand out in anything that, that you're trying to do, particularly in an oversaturated market. Christina, I, I jumped in right before you were about to say something. <laughs>
5: Oh, that's fine, that's fine. Um, my my uh, point kind of goes along that same vein is that like we had quite a few wonderful success stories and overcoming stories, and both professionally and personal stories. And those are the ones that jump out to you first. Like um, even if their photos aren't ranked at the top, you see that story and like, I, I wanna do more for them. Like they, where they come from is so unique. I wanna see more
2: of that. I wanna piggyback off that. Yeah, cause when we were going through those submissions, even people who had just like amazing photo shoot ready bodies, like if they didn't have that story that pulled it with, you know, at the heartstrings or if they didn't give very specific topics about what they could talk about, um, we, kind of overlooked them. And then at the same time, like if they did have those things, then we wanted to find a place for them. And even if it wasn't right now, our team was like, oh, that's good. Like we will circle back, you know? So I think that's how people really stand out.
1: It's I'm
2: going to piggyback off of Lori's and I'm sorry, Go for it. James,
4: I'm sorry. We keep interrupting you. Um, but I just wanted to say, yeah, there were quite a few, um, individuals who were like definitely like an 11 out of 10, but then we had some other individuals that were like a seven out of 10, but they had a good story. And it's like, even though there's like, you know, more attractive people well, conventionally attractive, whatever that is. Um, the people who had the better story are, you know, what we chose because they had a good story and they were just a better fit. So it's not just about being pretty. Um, this is also about just being, you know, a person who who is outstanding.
1: You know, it. I was thinking about when we were going through as a team, all the different submissions kind of one by one. And uh, there were a few who we asked clarifying details for, and they like, particularly because we were casting for you know business features. And there was one in particular who like, it was like, it was so impressive, and so mind, it was almost unbelievable how credited and and experienced and. Uh, like valuable this person was to media outlets and it was such a contrast from how they position themselves in their original submission that it's like and and i and i spoke to this person offline and and told them that you are sitting on just a gold mine of potential uh, once you start to tap into it because you know they were so close to getting, you know, I think we gave them one or one or two things, but they were so close to getting like 10 or 12 things. And it's just like that little bit of extra effort into, it's not bragging, but at some point you have to share what it is. Cause we don't know we're not inside your head and we can't make these connections or, you know, connect these dots that, that you might just think are, you know, just nothing, but could be everything to to an outlet, um, and so that I thought was such a such an interesting take because there are so many people who say, well, there's nothing unique or, or different or exciting, or I di- I never dealt with something you know very extreme, or I didn't have some big obstacle I overcame. Maybe not, but you do have something that makes you stand out, and that really I think is the at the core of what we are trying to unpack over the course of that weekend and for so many of them we were able to dig to a new layer that we unearthed a story with them that maybe they didn't even know themselves and i think that was one of the one of the most beautiful things um you know i'll I'll go around for one last parting comment you know we we are retiring the Fitposium brand or have retired the Fitposium brand, we are relaunching under a new identity, get published live in 2023. We're doing May of 2023. So we're even changing the time of year. Uh, From each of you, and we'll go Christina, Lori, uh, Chelsea, then Cassie. From each of you, what piece of advice would you give for individuals who are looking to, because listen, every year there's someone who doesn't get something you know, 245 cast features. Yeah. There were people still who did not get things, you know, and, and my heart goes out to them. Truly it does. I legitimately wish everyone could walk away with something, but what advice would you give to them for how they can show up next year, um, in, in, in a, in a way that is value centered, uh, so it'd be, they'd fall into that category. It'd be hard not to select them. We'll start with you, Christina
5: brag, (laughs) Uh, learn to, you know, learn to market yourself if, and if you don't feel comfortable writing about yourself, get a friend to help you or a family Mm. member to like hype you up and like iterate everything that you've done, whether it's you've climbed one, one mountain, 10 mountains, or you literally do climb mountains, like, you know, get, get yourself out there. Like, let, let these media outlets see you for exactly
1: who you are. Love it, Lori.
2: So you guys did, took the first step and you showed up and you were in the room or you were online tuning in. And that is so, so important because now you have that valuable information. What you choose to do with it is up to you, Um, but don't let it sit there. Like if you heard some nuggets about social media, Go start applying that. Show up to your audience. Ask them questions. What do they want from you? What do they want to see? Is there something that you're doing? Try to dig into those who support you and start applying it for next Get Published Live.
1: <laughs> you almost said Viposium. Love it.
2: <laughs> yeah, I kind of stumbled there, but I'll get used to it.
1: Very used to it. I love it. Here's, here, here's, <laughs> here's another challenge. Um, we're not going to call it a conference anymore. That's another challenge. Uh, we, we need to strike the word conference from our vocabulary. It's not a conference.
2: Okay. What is it going to be? A workshop. a workshop, 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 okay. Con-
1: conference. And, and you, so the word symposium for anyone who doesn't know, obviously it's playing off the word symposium, which is a gathering of ideas. Um, we're not a conference anymore because we're not this this giant event happening in, in, in a conference hall with 500-plus people. It's, it's, it's small. It's intimate. It's connected. Uh, but it's, it, it's working. And, and I really want to drill home that this is a working event. This is not a sit-and-learn. This is a act-and-do type program. Anyway, Chelsea.
3: Um, So Lori, before, when you were talking, you had said something about how um, we want to see everyone succeed. And that really got to me because it's so true. Like we, we always need content. We always need um, new stories, new ways to reach people. So I think in that vein, like we are so willing to, to work with new people and to find those new stories, but we have to be able to see them so my advice would be to keep deepening your story so even if you think that you have an angle if you have your story figured out um keep going down that path keep refreshing it um you know just keep questioning what is unique about you what you can bring to the table maybe it's going to change year to year so i guess um to avoid complacency and to, to keep yourself fresh.
1: Love that. Cassie.
3: Yeah. So
4: my biggest piece of advice is it's okay to be annoying. Like it really is. Um, If you get turned down once, keep going, keep, keep applying for that same thing, whether that's a job, whether it's for an interview or a, um, a media feature, Keep putting yourself in front of them because I guarantee eventually you are going to meet the right person who's like, Holy shit, we have turned this person down like 10 times and they're still going after us. I love their fire. And I know this because I've hired people based on that exact, you know, frame of mind. I was like, Oh my God, like they will not take no for an answer. It's okay to be annoying. Keep doing it. Do not just give up because one or two people have told you no. Keep going. Eventually, you will get exactly what you want. Just keep yep. doing it.
1: 100%. And, and what's even great is no one said no. Um, there are so many people who are right on the cusp of something, of a feature, of, of, of a cover, um, who are so close, but we only announce who we announced. And the audience has no idea, so many of them, how close they are to that next opportunity. I mean, the amount of features, you know, I've said this every year at the conference, at the workshop, the amount of people who walk away with features is a small percentage to the amount of people who are next in line for a feature. You know, we, we cast features for what we need in the immediate future, but you know, we publish 12 months out of the year. Not, We don't do an issue every month, but we're putting content out new podcasts, new digital content, new publications. We are always in need of content. And it's the individuals who stay within the ecosystem, it's the individuals who continue to show up and continue to build and foster that relationship are the ones who are at the forefront of all those opportunities. I mean, look at look you know and i'll just use her as an example look at ashley weans who has been in Fiposium for years and she walked away with so many opportunities that that are new to her at this point um you know courtney fox is, is another one there and that's what's so exciting to see is when people stay in They continue to build relationships. They continue to focus on, here's what I can do for you. Here's the value I want to build together. They're the ones who keep getting opportunities coming back to them. So if you're listening to this, keep showing up. We are watching. And that's the really cool thing. And on that perfect segue, you can actually get advanced passes to get published live. It's May 18th through 21st in Phoenix, Arizona. Passes are available For the next few days only, this is the last weekend passes are available. You can get them at Fitposium.com until we close that website and launch a brand new website. Still up, Fitposium.com. You can get your super, super, super early bird pass for Get Published Live. We offer both virtual and in-person passes. And just want to thank Christina and Lori and Cassie and Chelsea so much for, for taking the time to, to be a part of this, this show and for all the help that you do in, in, in not only just the, the content that you help create and curate, but also in taking the time to really mentor and, and, and lead so many of the people who, who contribute content for us. So um, my sincerest thanks goes out to all of you for being a part of this show. Yeah.
5: Thanks
4: for having us on here. it to be here.
1: thank you so much for listening to the Beyond the Image podcast. Please follow, like, and review wherever you happen to listen to the show. And if you want to connect to me, you can find me at jamespatrick.com, Instagram at jpatrickphoto, or you can text me any of your marketing questions to 480-605-3254. Thanks again.